Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Mythbusters. This one is an absolute hot topic. It seems to be of running and running. Uh, so we are going to pull back the curtain on The Wizard of Oz. Listen up. If you want to know, does grain-free dog food cause heart disease the pet health and happiness podcast from bella and duke keeping you at the cutting edge of pet nutrition behavior and health with expert interviews mythbusters and more to ensure your pet lives a long happy healthy life i'm just going to leap in here because i've been gnawing at the bit on this one what an utter lot of twaddle yeah, you know, we've we've been talking about these things for best part of five years to do with these diets. And what it's really important to understand is, you know, there's a lot of thoughts going on out there that we're actually mistaking one of these dogs for one of these cats. Okay. And I think it's really important to understand what why they theorize that this could be a problem and what we're truly talking about um, for where grain-free might have come into this argument. Okay, good. Uh, I, Brendan, you and I are 100% aligned on this. I'm going to give you all the short answer right now, and then we're going to explain why. Firstly, you can be reassured that grain-free dog food has nothing to do with heart disease whatsoever. It's basically a link of mistaken facts which have been badly stitched together by somebody looking the other direction whilst driving. Brendan, I think there are three main components in this. What grain-free is for the purpose of this discussion, i.e. what people are taking out of dog food to replace with, what taurine is in terms of an essential and non-essential amino acid. And then thirdly, I guess, what are the types of heart disease that people are talking about? And then we can just gently summarize why it's nothing to do with heart disease and why you can all happily feed your dog raw, balanced for the rest of its longer, happier, healthier life. And then we all can go and focus on some other stuff. What do we think? That sounds good to me. Perfect. Okay. So, oh, Brendan, I know. Let's just get ourselves through this, my friend. Grain-free dog food. This is a subject which is super close to my own healthy heart. And my goodness, when I look at what people replace grains with to create a grain-free dog food, rather than simply cutting the whole grain family out, it astonishes me. Yeah, you know, we've we've gone into a world where um, grains have been blamed for a lot, quite rightly so. Um, and, you know, they've been piled into processed foods to make them much, much cheaper. Um, and people thinking that, therefore, it's all about the economics of feeding your pet, and that's wrong. Um, and so people then still in the processed world found other things that they could replace the starches of grains with and so have looked from everything from potato, sweet potato, um, uh, rice, uh, which are still grains, uh, through to the soya beans um, and oh. all of the, the legumes and peas. 
Exactly. And that, that's a really good point, Brendan. I'm going to rudely interrupt you to support you in this. Because sometimes what's happening are people are creating a grain-free dog food with other grains which are more dangerous than the original grains that we're in. Now, peas, everybody, are part of the grain family as legumes. Interesting point. And peas are hugely inflammatory. So if you see a grain-free dog food and the starch and the protein in there is coming from either peas, from potatoes, from chickpeas, ladies and gentlemen, your dog's a carnivore. Okay, it is not a chickpea eating vegetarian. I say that with respect. It is not it is not able to process them for a couple of reasons. Lectins and the amount of sugars therein, both double dangerous. So absolutely. And what's worse is that these have also gone through a processing. So, you know, heat treating up to six times, you know, going through extrusion programs. You know, oh, my goodness. These, these things are not even natural by the time they get to the end of that process. They're not in a situation of you would come across them in a raw state. They have been corrupted in this whole process by those extreme temperatures, uh, by the whole processing uh, of the, the food. So we need to understand, yes, I can under, uh, think why the researchers thought that these foods might be causing a problem. To then say it was just because it's not grain is a total illusion. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's much like replacing uh, cigarettes with cigars and saying that cigarettes are healthier. It really is a nonsense when we just recap and this is a good point we've not yet really dived into, is why would any carbohydrates be in your pet's food, your carnivore pet's food anyway? Well, it's because we need a minimum of 35% carbohydrate starch to glue all the poor quality proteins together. So what you're looking at is something which has been ultra heat treated, which has probably been created, uh, we've got some cancer causing chemicals in it now because it's been heated so many times, simply to glue together cheaper cuts of protein. So to say that it's because it's grain free is really missing the huge elephant in this nutritional room. Absolutely. And those are, you know, really important points there. Um, and, and we will talk about why raw is a great alternative um, in the third part. Perfect. Okay, so um, let's just recap. It's not about the grain. It's about what's going in to glue these things together in highly processed foods. So cereals are far from healthy for your pet. Uh, they have lectins in, which are basically a family of inflammatory proteins, but so do potatoes, so do peas, so do chickpeas. So simply swapping one out for the other is really swapping bad for bad, okay? Um, that has nothing to do with raw. Uh, let me repeat that. That is nothing to do with raw whatsoever, which leads on to the next point, which everybody talks about, which is a lack of taurine. Brendan, over to you. 
So in researchers' minds, they were thinking, what could be the cause of uh, a certain number of dogs exhibiting a disease called dilated cardiomyopathy? Okay, now that's a very long term for a DMA. certain type of heart disease. Okay, and I'm just going to bring out a prop that I've uh, so happened to have to I love it. Do this. Um, and this is a heart, okay, not a real one. Um, and this is ultimately what we look at when we're looking at a dilated cardiomyopathy. We have a normal heart here, okay, normal thickness of wall. Um, normal valves that will shut and the blood comes in uh, is basically pumped back out one set of vessels back in and then uh, into the other chamber and back out the other now this is a very important heart muscle that's going to be going on all of the time so it needs to stay strong what happens with um, a dilated cardiomyopathy is that this heart muscle weakens these chambers dilate and the valves are stretched so they can't basically pump the blood round effectively. And you end up with a big flabby muscle that's inefficiently uh, contracting and quivering away uh, without adequate blood being pumped around the body. So that is dilated cardiomyopathy. Now, in dogs, there are a number of reasons that this can happen from inflammatory disease through to genetic predisposition. but in cats, they have noted that this also happens with a lack of taurine, because in cats, taurine is an essential amino acid, which is used by the heart muscle, and that means that they need to ingest it. What the researchers found was in these specific dog foods, because they were processed foods, they weren't necessarily substituting back in a sufficient amount of taurine in that. So they made an association because of that. They didn't actually look at the research as to whether it was going to be possible to cause. So there's a difference between concurrency and causation. Okay. Now, I'm going to gently summarize that by asking you two questions, Brendan. What is the number one source of taurine available in a diet for our pet carnivores, be them cats or dogs? Fresh meat. And what is the number one cause of taurine being destroyed? Uh, the number one cause of taurine being destroyed is heat and processing. Okay. So this, once again, has zero to do with a fresh balanced raw diet it's much more and is entirely in fact to do with the fact that people are taking one set of processed food swapping out grains which well, not actually swapping out grains if we were to be biochemically correct it's swapping out cereals replacing them with another type of grains which are equally as bad and not simply doing the most obvious thing, which is feed your pet the healthiest diet available on the planet to the best of our knowledge today, which is a balanced raw 
diet, which is naturally brimming in taurine. You don't need to add things into this natural diet because they've not been destroyed by the processing. Is anybody getting this, please? We really enjoy bringing you the Pet Health and Happiness podcast. Now, as part of that, much like our food, we are constantly open to feedback and looking to grow. And you are an essential part of that. So please complete the survey, the link to which we will put below, so that we can actually get your feedback, what you want more of, what you'd like to learn more about, and what maybe you'd like less of. It's essential. And not only that, but actually this illusion that taurine was anything to do with the argument and not seeing that actually it's the inflammatory processes that these foods can cause, the, the genetic predisposition and making an assumption that because there was a concurrency that that was the causation of the problem. Okay. And we know that that's not the issue there. In the spirit of getting our special bingo words in, I know you like to mention bone broth and microbiome. I'm going to mention lipopolysaccharides. I believe the true cause of uh, much of this heart disease that we're seeing is in fact driven by leaky gut created by these grain-free replacements such as peas, which is allowing inflammatory lipopolysaccharides into the bloodstream of your pet and creating endemic inflammation, especially in the heart. And I am convinced in the next three to four years, we're going to have some comprehensive research proving that. How do you feel about that statement, Brendan? Uh, I would love to think that that's going to be there. Um, I unfortunately know that big food companies would be behind research and probably be looking the other way. I think you mentioned driving down a highway, looking backwards um, is probably the, the phrase <clears throat> that's going to be used. Well, certainly in the human world, we're seeing that lipopolysaccharides uh, driven by leaky gut are uh, probably the number one cause of inflammation in the body. If you can seal and heal uh, a leaky gut, the whole concept of heart disease virtually goes away. We're seeing this increasingly in the human population. Yes, it's always a mistake to confuse what works with humans with works with or with what works for pets. However, it always shines a little bit of a torch into where research can go. And we know that we have the same genetic problems around lectins which is why here at Bella and Duke, we have created a super low lectin dog food, raw, brimming with taurine, to avoid all of these problems in the first place. We've covered grain and what it gets replaced with. It's actually swapping cereals out for something equally as sinister. We've covered pretty much taurine as an essential or non-essential amino acid, depending on whether you have a cat or a dog. So the final part of this heart jigsaw, we've covered the grain versus non-grain uh, sources of taurine. And in fact, is taurine relevant anyway in the dog debate? And finally, Brendan is going to explain, if he can get his props aligned, uh, is going to explain types of heart disease. Brendan, over to you. Oh, I'm not sure you're casting aspersions on my props. Uh, so, 
what we find often is uh, in the surgery, people will come in and uh, they'll have various breeds of dog which are predisposed to heart disease. And this is my prop heart, okay? And they will assume because of all of the murmurings in the press that the diet is the main cause of problems for their dog's heart disease. And actually in um, dogs, there are a number of different diseases uh, that mainly revolving either around the valves, okay, which are these two things here, which if they're inefficient, they um, basically don't allow the blood to be stopped from backing up into the heart, so they don't allow forward pumping of the blood, or two, the, the muscle, okay, uh, and this is the bit that we're talking about, particularly when we talk about the diet uh, studies that were done. And three is the electricity that allows the contractility of the heart to form normally in a normal rhythm, okay? So can we just say the typical Cavalier King Charles Spaniel that comes into us with valvular heart disease is usually genetically predisposed. Yes, there are inflammatory components. Yes, bacterial circulation can make them worse. But generally, this is around the valves here, not forming and closing properly. Okay. That's a really important point. I'm going to jump in because this is exactly the journey of health I went on with our beautiful little doggo, doggo Kismet the water dog. We thought she had DMA. We looked at it. We went for loads of scans, and it turned out she had a bacterial infection in her valves. It's exactly what you're saying, Brendan. Yeah, absolutely. So really important to understand that that's, that's something that's going on. Cardiac um, electrical conductivity is something that can, again, genetically be predisposed to. There can be little scars within the heart that interrupt the electrical activity. That requires something totally different, and it's not really dietary related other than what might cause those scars. Um, but again, coming away from processed foods and pro-inflammatory foods is where you want to be going with that anyway. But the main issue that we're talking about in cats is if you reduce the taurine level, you get a dilation of this muscle. And this muscle weakening, uh, as we've talked about earlier, um, and becoming more flaccid, stretches these valves, makes it so it's less efficient, it's a weaker heart, can't contract as much, and also it's, the valves aren't working efficiently because they're open most of the time. Now, in dogs, this is not generally down to taurine. This is generally down to inflammation and genetic predisposition as to having a weaker muscle. Yep. Okay, so certain breeds. Brilliant. Um, it, Brendan, that's a great explanation. Thank you for bringing your props to this party as ever. Ladies and gentlemen, please give us some feedback and ask some questions on this. It's quite a complex topic. We've tried to break it down into some really accessible, fun parts so you can see through the myth of grain-free dog food and heart disease. To summarise, it's utter twaddle. If you feed your dog raw and you do so with love and you're following these episodes and part of the group, you can't go far wrong. Please avoid processed food wherever possible. 
simply because uh, whether it's grain or grain-free, it's full of toxins. And low inflammatory diet or anti-inflammatory diet is definitely the way forward. Brendan, do we have anything more to add on that? I think, yeah, just feeding a biologically appropriate raw food has got to be the best way for all of us, you know, not just our pets, but us too. And, you know, we've seen many, many studies on how processed foods for all species can lead to chronic disease, to inflammation. Um, so it just makes sense to be switching your pets to a healthier, biologically raw um, food. Brendan, thank you for being you. Uh, frankly, it's refreshing to meet people who are driven by the same things we are, which is basically improving cats, dogs, pets' lives. Um, and it's really important to empower people with the facts and see through some of the myths which have reported and repeated so often that people begin to think of them as truths when actually it's other utter dog myth. Okay, <laughs> on that note, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Please rate us, please share us, please support us and ask any questions you have. We are here to serve. Thank you.